The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to Spirits Podcast Episode 4, Eros. And Psyche. Don't forget Psyche. Don't forget Psyche. This episode is jam-packed full of action, romance, hurt feelings, betrayal. There's, uh, you know, nagging mother-in-laws. There's invisibility. There's tragic acts of romantic devotion. There's it's talking towers. It's a bit of a telenovela. Oh, yeah. It's, it's legit. It is probably the first uh, Greek soap opera. There you go. And we are back to the Greeks. Eros is someone that I didn't know was a person. I just thought that it was like a word that came up in literature studies of like the three classic kinds of love. One of them is agape. I don't remember the other one. Uh, (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, shit, Amanda. I don't either. Uh, My brain is saying stoicism. That's That's not right. That's not it. Let us know. (laughs) But we know that you're going to enjoy it. And what are we drinking today, Julia? We are drinking the most romantic of all wines, rosé. Or the most girly. Uh, depending on your tastes, mm. those can be the same. I don't really remember recording this podcast, so that may be a sign that we are two-ish glasses of rosé in, and uh, I hope that upon listening back to it, um, you will get the message. Enjoy this episode of Spirits. Yes. What happens when love falls in love? Uh, a paradox? <laughs> Not quite. Um, we're, today we're going to talk about um, Eros and Psyche. Interesting. In Greek mythology. Psyche, like your mind, your psychology, your kind of like soul? Well, in Greek it actually meant mind and soul. Interesting. Same kind of word. Sure. So like not your brain, but the part of you that is you. Yes. Cool. Um, and Eros obviously means love. So for those of you who don't know, Eros is the son of Aphrodite, who is the goddess of love. Cool. And is Aphrodite herself the daughter of Zeus? Is that, is that right? No. She's kind of like the sister of Zeus. Uh, she was actually born when Zeus cut off their father's dick and threw it in the ocean. What? <laughs> so um, basically... What, what then happened? Basically, the dick goes in the water. It foams up. And out of the foam, Aphrodite is born. Literal sea foam. Like literal sea foam, like coming in a Botticelli uh, seashell covered in hair and foam. When my mom told me not to touch the sea foam on the beach, she was right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. No, that was terrible. It smells so janky. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Aphrodite... (laughs) Aphrodite, the seafoam goddess, uh, is the goddess of love. I will never look at seafoam green again. No, no, please stop. (laughs) Too many puns. (laughs) Too many puns. We haven't even started. Oh, we haven't even started. Uh, Aphrodite is the goddess of love, sort of the, like, jealous goddess of love. Right. becomes super important in this story. I feel like I've heard stories of her being jealous before. I mean... Is that, like, a characteristic of hers? I mean, honestly, in Greek mythology, the gods and goddesses get jealous a lot. Cool. The story of um, Eros and Psyche begins with a king and a queen in Greece. 
Cool. They have three beautiful daughters. Nice. Always in threes. Always in threes. The Very two nice. daughters, the two older daughters are absolutely gorgeous. Oh. Super, super pretty. But the third daughter. Ugly duckling? The hottest. <laughs> Didn't go the way I was expecting. No, she is the hottest. Wow, I'm sure her older sisters are really happy about that. Oh, super happy. Uh, and they're not the only ones. Um, <laughs> so she has like suitors coming from all over Greece, all over the world, which is wow. like the Mediterranean. The Mediterranean basin. <laughs> yes. Um, coming to like win her favor, trying to win her hand in marriage. Right. Be her suitor. Exactly. So much so that they're forgetting to make their sacrifices to Aphrodite. <gasps> I can see this ending very badly for the hot it one. It does not go well. <laughs> and is the hot one Psyche? She is, right? The okay. hot one is Psyche. Yeah. Um, so Psyche's, I like that. I like, I like thinking that my, my inner self is like the hottest mortal of them all. She is. (laughs) Your inner goddess is beautiful. Right. Work. Work. Uh, so Psyche's just like, she's not like trying to do anything. She's like, these boys are nice. Like they're okay. Like they're not really my types, but like. Got it. Right. She has literally all the choices in the world. So I can see her being picky. A little bit. She's not even picky. She's just like, "Mm, you're not doing it for me. Right. So waiting for love to strike her. Exactly. Which <gasps> that's kind of a pun because Cupid. Yes. <laughs> Cupid or Eros, we're going to call him Eros this time. Yes. But Cupid, you think of but the, the same idea, the bow. Is he a chubby baby or he's a person? He's a hot hot Dude? guy. Hot hot man? Hot guy. Okay. Uh not a baby. Got it. Makes Was that story. more of a renaissance thing? Yes. And more like a Rome thing. Oh, I see. Uh, Eros is like a hot dude where Cupid is a baby. Cupid is the name in Roman. We're doing Greek. Got it. So the Greek Eros god of love, attraction? Love. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who quintessentially has the bow and arrow. Got it. So like, and he makes people fall in love with like, that's like the, the love struck kind of cartoonish thing yes. I have in my head. Is that really what it is? Yeah, pretty much. That's like that concept. He strikes the arrow at someone, they fall in love. Just at whim for fun or... Sometimes. Usually he like listens to his mother. His mother's like, those people should fall in love. And he's like, all right, mom. Aw. Kind of creepy, kind of cool. Kind of creepy, kind of cool. Depends (laughs) on... Greek mythology. (laughs) Colon. Kind of creepy, kind of cool. Aphrodite's pissed. She is not being worshipped and someone is calling... Oh yeah, forgetting the sacrifices, temples are dusty, things are bad. Like, and Psyche suitors are calling her the second coming of Aphrodite. Like, you would be pissed That's too. That's what you don't do to a jealous god. Exactly. So Aphrodite is like, we gotta teach this bitch a lesson. Oh no. And so she's like, hey, Cupid, you know what you're gonna do? And he's like, what, mom? <laughs> she's like, you're gonna shoot her with an arrow and make her fall in love with like a gross peasant. Oh no. And this he, is like a Midsummer Night's Dream where yeah. Titania shall fall in love with an ass. Everyone falls in love with asses. <laughs> so Cupid's like, alright. So he goes to like her sleeping chamber and is about to shoot the arrow, but as he's pulling it from his quiver, scratches himself and falls in love with Psyche. Wow. Mm-hmm. Eros, that's pretty ham-fisted. The one... You had <laughs> one, one job, time. Eros. You had one job. And that job was to stick a mortal with an arrow, not yourself. 
let's let's keep in mind that the uh, the Greek gods are not like omnipotent. They don't know what's going on. So Eros goes back to his mother. He's like, "Yeah, mom, I I shot her. She should be falling in love with that mortal any day now." Oh, meaning that they can kind of trick each other. Right. Like they don't have kind of all seeing dominion over you know right. all of humankind. So Eros goes back to his mom. He's like, "Yeah, I did it. Like you know, mythology would be a lot less fun if the gods couldn't trick each other." Oh yeah, absolutely. It would be boring. Um, so he tricks his mother and then sends a messenger to right. the king, okay. Psyche's dad, right? And is like, "Listen." Uh, you're going to have to send your daughter to this cliff and she's going to marry this like gross monster thing. As a sacrifice? Sort of. Like you pissed off, you pissed off Aphrodite. Now she has to marry an evil monster. And the dad is like so upset by this. Like this is my prettiest and youngest daughter. Like how dare they? But so he said, it makes a certain amount of sense, right? Like they offended Aphrodite. And so there's some kind of punishment, but actually it's arrows being a little bit duplicitous, a little tricky. Okay. Uh, so they like have like a wedding, uh, instead of a wedding March, they have like a funeral March. Everyone's wearing black, like (laughs) sending her off to her doom. They drop her off at this, uh, cliff. And then the messenger is like, okay, everyone needs to leave. (laughs) And they're like, but he's like, no, you need to leave. And they're like, okay. There is no monster. Because there is no monster. The messenger turns out to be Zephyr, who is the West Wind God. Ooh. I almost said West Wing there, but that's not <laughs> what I meant. The West Wind God, which is like the gentle breeze god. Now I'm imagining it with the with the voice of Jed Bartlett. <laughs> Martin Sheen. I know. Playing Zephyr. Talking about like Latin conjugation or wrong, Greek conjugation. <laughs> so what he does is he picks her up, he takes her to this field. And she, like, falls asleep, and when she wakes up, she's in a castle. Oh, wow. Ca- just like a pop-up castle. Yeah. It's there. Like a, it's just all of a sudden, it's, like, there. She, like, Like a holiday up. pop-up market, but instead, it's a castle in a field. Yes. <laughs> and it's, like, the super nicest thing. She's, like, wandering around. She's, like, that's really nice granite. Oh, look, a nice mosaic. <laughs> and all the things you want in a starter home. Want. A starter castle. And she's just kind of, like, wow, this is nice, but where is my creepy monster husband? Right. And a disembodied voice answers her. She's like, I am your husband. Let's go eat something. You cannot see me. And she's like, that seems super weird. He's like, don't worry about it. But it's not a monster, I guess. It's- does she think that the monster is elsewhere? Or does she think that, like, this is the scary part? Is she thinks that is- this is the scary part. Oh, okay. That her husband's just a voice. Well, she's not sure. She thinks it's, like, a trick of some sort where sure. it's, like... This evil monster is just, like, disguising himself as a disembodied voice. Yeah. So she's, like, a little sketchy. Pretty sketchy. It's a little sketchy to her. But, like, slowly as the day goes on, the voice kind of wins her over. Like, he sings her songs and, like, makes nice her a food, feast. and nice like mosaic. And so she's like, hmm, okay, I, I can get behind this. And so he, like, takes her to the bedroom. They have awesome sex. She still hasn't seen him yet. In the darkness. In the dark. So she, so there's, she knows that so, something or someone is there. Right. Because they have sex and right. she winds up pregnant oh. and it's like a whole thing. How about that happens just right away? <laughs> Everyone is super fertile in the Greek mythology. <laughs> it just happens. So what she ends up doing is she's like living this kind of lap of luxury lifestyle, but like she never sees her husband. It's, it's a little weird. weird. Yeah. And she's like, she's really enjoying everything. She really has only one complaint. She misses her sister's understandable you miss your siblings they all think you're like dead or married to a monster there's three of them feels different with only you know yourself around exactly i get it so she tells her husband this he's like okay so he gets zephyr to go like pick up the sisters with his like wind power and drop them off at the house and uh gravelly martin sheen voice (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's a messenger you can trust, right? Come up to you. I can't do a Martin impression, but girls, it's time to visit your sister. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, so the sister's like super happy to see Psyche. Like, oh my God, you're not dead or like weirdly deformed because of your monster husband. And she's like, no, no, it's like really nice. Like, look at my nice palace and like, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, yeah, but what about your husband? Cause they're like, they're sounding a little jealous. Like this is way nicer than our castle. Like you're living like the lap of luxury. Like what's up with this? She's like, she's married. She's married. They're not. Uh, and she's like, well, like. I haven't seen my husband. They're like, what do you mean? She's like, well, he's invisible. (laughs) They're like, that's weird. She's like, "Eh, it's a little weird. They're like, no, no, he's probably like a vile, like flying serpent thing. (gasps) And she's like, he doesn't feel like a vile flying serpent thing. She's like, they're like, no, no, he is. And then she's like, well, what if he is? Wow. Classic older sister just ruining her happiness. Oh, absolutely. Like so jealous that they have to (laughs) ruin everything for her. So the sisters are like, you need to find out like if he is a vile serpent thing. And so she, like, ha- the sisters get flown away again. And Visits it's over, they go home. Exactly. And Psyche hatches a plot. She's like, when he's sleeping tonight, after we have awesome sex, I'm going to take a candle and a knife, and if he's a vile serpent, I'll kill him, and then we'll, like... Oh, like, you know, to keep protect, the castle. protect herself, keep the castle, make sure her baby's safe, because she's still pregnant. Oh, right. And so she, like, in the middle of the night, she, like hides like a knife under her pillow and like pulls it out and lights a candle and she like puts it over his body and it's not a vile serpent thingy it's It's a god it's a hot dude oh it's a super hot dude best possible outcome and she's like oh my god this is the hottest guy i've ever seen and like while she's flipping out over that she accidentally spills a little bit of the wax on his chest classic of course, wakes him up because he's not super kinky like that. <laughs> and so... Or maybe he springs out of bed like, let's do this. Except not. Nah. Either way, he wakes up. He wakes up. Realizes he's been seen, right? Yes. Oh, And no. he's like, oh my God, you betrayed my trust <gasps> and flees. Oh. He disappears. The castle disappears. She just like left stuck in a meadow by a river and she's like... I don't know what to do oh, now. No. This is super and weird. In her nightgown? <laughs> She's probably naked, let's be real. Oh. Um, she is just like... Nothing so again upset. about the, the Venus painting in the, in the show. <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so basically, she kind of... She wanders her way back home. She finds her sister. She tells them, I was married to a god. And they're like, oh, we want to be married to gods. And like knowing that... Uh, no apology. No. They totally messed this up for her. So they're like, hmm... Well, we want to be married to God. So they each, like, individually go to the cliff where they had dropped off Psyche. Right, and to like, send her away. And they're like, yo, Zephyr, bring me to Eros. And then jump off the cliff, <gasps> assuming that he's going to pick them up, which he doesn't. <gasps> do they plummet to their death? Yes, they do. It's very, like, stepsisters in Cinderella oh, yeah. where they, like, get their eyes pecked out at the end. Self-sabotaging, right? And they kind of, exactly. like, get retribution. Mm-hmm. That's kind of sad, but I kind of get it. Yeah, like, they were kind of dicks about it. They so, were. Like, they totally ruined her happiness. And, like, also, like, they're just like, oh, I'm pretty enough for me to marry a god. No, Let me not, jump babe. off a cliff. You're not the second coming of Aphrodite, are you? Nope. Understandably... Her husband's gone. Her sisters are dead now. Oh, no. Her parents have kind of, like, shunned her. Of course. Well, yeah. Um, they're, like, basically pretending she's dead. So Psyche isn't sure what she's going to do. She kind of starts wandering the earth. She throws herself at the, like, at the feet of, like, different goddesses. like Praying for help. 
Exactly. She becomes a priestess for Demeter. That doesn't help. She becomes a priestess for um, Hera. That doesn't help. Finally, she's like, you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to become a like mistress of Aphrodite. Interesting. So like a servant of Aphrodite, yeah. who is her mother-in-law. Yes. So what is her aim? She wants to get she, Eros back and apologize? I think to like uh, some way she wants to win back her love because she really did love him, even if Eros thought she didn't trust right. him. So makes sense. Go to the mother-in-law who hates her because she's jealous, mm-hmm. I assume. Yes. And also is like the goddess of love. So if anyone's going to win her back her love, it's sure. going to be Aphrodite to help her out. Aphrodite, I bet that doesn't work out simply. Aphrodite is still pissed. Even more pissed, probably, because she stole her son away from her. And her son is now sulking. And the son is, like, off sulking somewhere. Psyche doesn't know where. Right. Aphrodite is kind of just, like, a bitch to her. Like, she gets treated like an intern at a really big company. (laughs) Aphrodite sends her on a bunch of different missions in order to prove her, like, loyalty to her and also her worthiness to her son. Okay. So the first thing she does is, like, Aphrodite is, like, going off to, like, a, like, god feast. And see, she, like, pulls, like, literally, it's, like, straight out of Cinderella. She, like, throws a bunch of, like, different kind of grains, and she's like, sort this before I get back. And Psyche's like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to do that? Giant pile of, like, seeds and stuff. Like, giant pile of, like, grain and seeds and all sorts of things. Classic pointless intern task. Exactly. Intern to unfuck this filing room. <laughs> and so Psyche, like a fairy tale creature, just decides, like, let me grab some insects from this tree and like Aww. have them sort it for me. Enlist the the, you know, fruits of the forest exactly. to help me out. And Psyche's like also in there like kind of plucking them as she can. Alright, she's trying. Um, and so by morning it's done. And Aphrodite's just, like, pissed that she actually got it done. Whatever you finished. I'm like, oh, here's a scrap of bread. Enjoy. Aww. So uh, she passes the first uh, the first test. Good for her. Then the second test is she has to cross a river and fetch golden wool from violent sheep. Violent sheep? Violent sheep. I never heard of sheep being violent. I mean, like, they're, like, the ones with the horns who will, like, ram into oh. you and stuff like that. All right, well. Yeah, like, they're, and they're, like, like, the sheep of the sun or something, so they'll, like, Ran into you and like kill you, and they're like god sheep. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. So she's like looking across this river. She's like, "What am I gonna do? I might <laughs> as well just drown myself in the river." And then Apollo, fuck boy Apollo, oh. is just like hanging out. And he's like, "Hmm, this hot girl seems to want some stuff for my sheep." <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll help her out. Classic Apollo going for the damsel in distress. So Apollo teaches her how to make like an instrument out of the reeds in the river. Why? Which soothes the uh, <gasps> the sheep. The sheep. And she's able to like shear the sheep without them like trying to kill her. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of like changing a fussy baby. Yes. You got distracted somehow. Exactly. <laughs> um, so she succeeds in that task. And meanwhile. All right. Second task. I'm assuming there's going to be three tasks. Is that true? Oh, dang it. But there's like like three and then the final test. Okay, okay, okay. Um, This isn't like the nine gyms of Jotun. (laughs) Johto? Johto. And Kanto? That's the one. Pokemon reference. (laughs) Um, Mangled Pokemon reference. Even worse. So Aphrodite's just pissed that she's like kind of getting Right, every time she succeeds, Aphrodite gets madder. She's like, she sorted stuff. She How dare her be so from, good at this? She got wool from sheep. She's good with animals. <laughs> God damn it. Um, 
and so mad that she actually, in a fit of rage and is yelling at Psyche, Uh-oh. reveals the fact that Eros is just, like, chilling in her household. Like, oh. recovering from the wound that uh, oh. Psyche gave him. He's like he's like a, a whiny wound. child sulking. But now she knows where he is. But now she knows where he is, which is why she continues. She's like, okay, I know where he is. I'll keep doing this until he, like... If, until I prove my love to him. Okay. And so the next task she ends up doing is she's given a uh, crystal vial and she has to go to the river Styx and fill it with water. And so it's just like a rocky volcanic area filled with dragons. Wow. Yeah. You can't get much more hard to pass through than that. <laughs> Pretty much. So Psyche like shows up. She's like, there's all these dragons. I'm just a pregnant lady. Oh gosh. I can't I can't fight dragons. And so another fuckboy that's been watching her, Zeus, is like, <laughs> you know what? OG fuckboy. And he sends a bunch of eagles down to fight the dragons while she's getting these vials of uh, So Zeus water. just takes pity on her? Or yeah. Zeus likes seeing Aphrodite's plans undone? A little bit of both. Okay. They're all trying to fuck with each other. Like right. that's just how the Greek myths are. They're like always trying As to As the mess oldest with each of other. four kids, I, I understand this impulse. Absolutely. <laughs> um so she's able to retrieve it. Aphrodite gives her a task that she's like, I'm gonna give Psyche a task that is just like impossible. Right. Like try to just, try to trip her up. There's no way she's gonna do this. So Aphrodite goes, Listen, I need you to take this box. And go down to the underworld. Oh, man. And get Persephone's beauty. Uh, that doesn't sound very easy. It's not, because one, it's the underworld, and two, it's Persephone. And three, it's beauty, an intangible force. Well, it's it's the Greeks. They think everything's kind of tangible. <laughs> love, love is a person. So is it? So people don't go into Hades that often, right? Uh, it's like not a thing you can do. You go in and you don't go out. Exactly. <laughs> There's, like, been, like, three people who went into Hades and then were able to come out. Wow. So what does she do? So. Does she know how to do it? No. I feel like I just, I don't know how to get to And Hades. she's just like, she's like, you know what? This seems really hard. Yeah. I'm going to climb onto this tower and commit suicide. <gasps> no, please don't. But she doesn't. Because the tower, like, somehow comes to life and starts speaking to her. So not just the crickets of the forest, but also stones just talk to her. Inanimate objects. It's fine. Wow. Um, So it basically tells her how to get to Hades and how to survive getting to Hades and coming back. That's very convenient. So it tells her (laughs) the path to go down, tells her where to go, tells her you can't talk to anyone until you're in Hades. So you you can't, like, talk to anybody on the way there. To be distracted from your path? Or would that, like, magically entrap her in some way? It's kind of very, like, uh, in, like, fae stories. You can't, like, eat the food on the way there or else you're trapped. He tells her to do that. He also tells her to bring treats for Cerberus, the guard dog. (gasps) That's so sweet! It's so cute. That makes so much sense! And then to make... It's like... Quick piece of practical advice, Julie, before we continue. If you're on a long car ride with children, the most important thing you can have in your arsenal is snacks. Oh my god. Yeah, you have to much. you have to distract the wailing creature. I kinda picture it as like every um every like spy movie where they're trying to break into something. Oh, like a pink panther caper. Right, where there's like a guard dog and they oh, like yeah. throw stakes to the guard dog throw and it gets snake. distracted. Aww. And so uh he tells her to bring the snacks for Cerberus. And then he tells her, you need to bring coins, point, plural coins, to get past the ferryman. Oh, sure, the guy who ferries you across in the boat. Exactly. 
That's why the Greeks would bury someone with one coin so that they ha- would have the uh, oh, the toll, the fare, right? The fare to go across. But she the river. needs two. She needs two because she's. I feel come like back. I totally would have forgotten. Oh, that. exactly. You totally <laughs> would. Um, and I feel like a lot of myths forget that, and I'm just like, well, how did they get back? Uh, so everything goes according to plan. That's a very convenient tower. Can we just return to that for a second? <laughs> Do we know anything more about it? No, it's just like, thank you, tower, and she goes. <laughs> <laughs> everything goes according to plan. Oh, wow. She ends up meeting Persephone, like, in the throne in the middle of Hades. Sure. And does um, Persephone have some sympathy for her? Persephone was- is usually, like, a cold-blooded bitch. Oh, no. But Perse- Persephone's like, nah, I feel you. Respect respect yeah. and gives her the beauty in the box. Um, Do we know what that beauty Psyche is? doesn't see what the beauty is right. when she puts it in the box. Cool. Um, so she managed, she gives her second toll to the, uh, to the boatman Marian. gets out, <laughs> uh, walks back is into the overworld again. Sunlight hits her face, but the problem is she's like, What's in the box? What's in the box? Oh, no. And so she, in very Pandora method, opens the box. Don't open the box. What's in the box... Never open the box. ...is, like, a magical sleep. And she instantly, like, falls into a coma. Why? Why does it represent beauty? Well... I mean, I don't know the actual answer, but when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, the Greeks are like, you need your beauty rest. <laughs> that's that's so fitting. I was thinking something like either Persephone was sabotaging Aphrodite, right? And mm. like wanted to knock her out or something. Mm. Or potentially that when a mortal opens the box, she sees something different than the god would. Probably. But the beauty sleep, that's, really that's pretty adorable. And Absolutely. headcanon, I'm choosing to believe that that's true. Got it. So as Psyche is like asleep at the edge of the uh, underworld. Right on the precipice. Yeah, exactly. At the same time, Eros is finally, like, recovering from his man angst. Oh, his, his little his little heart wound has healed? Oh, yes. They literally, in the mythology, they say that the wound over his heart had healed and turned into a scar. Aww. Which is, like, poetic, but also, like, really, like, it was, it was a burn. <laughs> So Eros comes out of his uh, angsty man cave. Yes, and his childhood bedroom, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> where he's been fawned over by his mom. Yeah, and so Wari- oh, Aphrodite is essentially like answering the phone, like, "No, Eros is not home. Yes, he's very busy, <laughs> pretty much." <laughs> and Eros, like, realizing that he's still in love with Psyche, oh. and knowing that his mother is still super pissed about the entire thing, so he's woken up. He pops out of his bedroom window and flies off to go find her. Really? And because there's, like, that emotional connection between them, he's able to, like, find her right away. Bella. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) It's like that weird Twilight scene where he's, like, coming to her in dreams, (laughs) but not really. Um, So he finds her. He draws the sleep from her face, which is, like, the phrase that they use, but basically, like, wakes her up. Lifts the, right, lifts the veil of sleep. Yeah. Puts it back in the box. Cool. So she can fulfill her mission. Mm -hmm. And then wakes her up by pricking her with an arrow that does not harm. Uh, so he then, like, picks her up, lifts her into the air, and then carries her uh, back to uh, Mount Olympus. Cool. Also, like, dropping off the box with his mother on the way there. All right, so task fulfilled. Task Everybody's fulfilled. Like, fine. Everybody's like, huh. I guess I'll, <laughs> guess I'll send her on another one. And Eros is like, no, Mom. So he goes to Zeus, and he's like, listen. Zeus is the arbiter. Right, so he can kind of decide how to Yeah, he's like the patriarch, he's the king, he yeah. gets to decide like all the Greek gods like fights. All and their stuff. petty disputes. Exactly. So he uh 
Eros goes to him. He's like, listen, my mom's being ridiculous. I love this woman. She loves me back. I know she's immortal, but like, can we like make it work? And Zeus is like, you know what? That's chill. We can do that. You can marry her. And then, uh, they give Psyche ambrosia, which is the like drink of the gods and also grants mortals immortality. Oh gosh. So she becomes a goddess as well. What? And they are united in a marriage of equals. Happy twist ending. It's super, super cute. He tells Aphrodite to back off. She has to like accept it. Um, and then he also says that their union will redeem Eros of his history of provoking adultery and sordid liaisons. Wow. So she's so, like literally made an honest man of him. That is amazing. So how is their kid? Is the kid okay? Uh, the kid is great. He's born and uh, he becomes the god of pleasure in Greek mythology. That's a little bit creepy. A little bit. But this is such an interesting and different kind of myth. So the human prevails. Uh-huh. The god is put in her place. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty unusual, is it not? Normally it's the gods kind of like playing with us like we're their pawns. Absolutely. But- and she's a, she gets to prove herself, right? She doesn't get rescued. She, you know, she goes yeah. and, and wins her love back. Exactly. She like wins everyone over. She fights back. She like wins While him pregnant. over. While pregnant. Wow. Like, like literally like a female pregnant superhero. Yeah. She's great. And like, in sort of like the allegory of it all, it's like that representation of when um, the soul and love are like combined and like can create great things. And it also in Greek mythology, they talk a lot about the phrase that comes up is uh, there can be no love where there is no trust. Wow. So it kind of proves That's like profound. she trusted him so much that she like went through all these tasks, hoping, trusting that he would come back to her and like give her back the love that they have. Yeah. And he learns to trust her again, right? Like the the kind of the inciting act here was her betraying him. Mm -hmm. And now they decided to, you know, look each other in the face spiritually (laughs) and actually literally and embark on their new life together. And like everyone kind of wins out, like love conquers all in this, which is pretty profound parable. Exactly. And like so different than most Greek mythology. Usually it ends like really tragically. Be too ambitious and die. Yes. <laughs> right. Much. Or whatever. Or look Hubris. in the box and die. Yes. <laughs> and in this situation, it's just you see love and the human soul prevail. And it's like so interesting as like a myth. And as like, because it really is a a meeting of passion and intellect, right? Of passion and and reason. Yes. They don't just have that initial attraction. It's not just the fact that the arrow pricked him and he's in love with her. Mm -hmm. They, they have to decide to recommit to each other. Mm -hmm. And isn't that such a trope that we see all the time? Talk about, you know, the same myths or the same stories recurring again and again in human life, whenever 3000 years ago to Mm -hmm. today, we still see rom-coms where they have an initial kiss or attraction or one night stand. And then everything goes to shit and then reconnect at the end. Right. Exactly. Someone has a betrayal or someone slept with their ex or whatever. And then at the end they have to decide, okay, you know, a clear head now outside of the the initial passions, they decide to recommit to each other. Exactly. Wow. The Greeks have stuff to teach us sometimes. Sometimes. Usually it's kill your father and create a weird sister out of the foam and ocean. <laughs> oh, you reminded me again. No! <laughs> and sometimes it's the passion of love and the human soul coming together. This is a little bit less sweet. 
Spirits was created by Julia Shafini and me, Amanda McLaughlin. It's edited by Eric Schneider with music by Kevin McLeod. Allison Wakeman designed our logo. Subscribe to Spirits on your preferred podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode. Our website is spiritspodcast.com and you can also find us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud. On our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, you can sign up for exclusive content like behind-the-scenes photos, audio extras, blooper reels, and beautiful recipe cards with custom drink and snack pairings to go along with each show. We are so thankful to those of you who signed up to support us already. Every little bit helps as we get our first season off the ground. If you like the show, please share it with your friends on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you want, and leave us a review on iTunes, as lame as it is, as much as apps remind you to review them. All you have is my sultry voice in your ears, pleading with you to please rate and review us if you like the show. And listen, we're listed in the history section rather than the comedy section, so what I'm saying is we're totally coming for you, Lore. Here's hoping. Thanks so much for listening. Till next time.